Hey guys, welcome to You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus. I'm on a journey right now to become the absolute best version of me. I want to find ways that I can improve mentally, physically, and spiritually. So every week, I'm going to open up about my journey and talk about tips and tricks of what's working for me and what's not working for me. I'll also be interviewing guests who will share their stories too. Together, we will inspire one another to become the absolute best versions of ourselves. So join me every week on this journey. And remember, you got this. Hey there, journeyers, and welcome to the second episode of season two. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus, and I am so, so pumped for you to hear the interview that I had with Christina Hollinger today. She is a feng shui expert that was featured on Windy City Rehab on HGTV, and we talk about all things feng shui, all things you need to know to create an environment that is serving you and helping you manifest the life that you want. So super excited for you guys to hear that. But in case you forgot, remember, just like last year, I always have to give you journeyer updates and let you know what the heck's going on in my life and what's happened on this journey, which I have to say, a lot happened in one week of speaking to you guys. There are some funny things I want to share, some sad things I want to share, exciting things I want to share. So if that gives you any idea of what I'm about to talk about, I think you can get the idea that this has been a roller coaster of a week, to say the least. But that's life, right? Life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, and things we cannot predict and cannot expect. And so there are going to be happy moments and not so happy moments and all that fun stuff. Um, but that's just that's just what it is. And the only thing we could do is, you know, know how to move forward. And, and that's it. So let me just dive right into it. The start of the week was really, really great because I launched season two and I was so excited to get this episode out to you guys. Like I felt amazing after recording it. I was like talking about it all over social media with you guys, asking for like questions and stuff. And I just felt like, yes, it's time to get back into this routine with like, you got this, the journey. And that felt amazing. And I think it was really good that I had that to start off this week because it was my first week back from Florida and my first week back in New Jersey. And honestly, I was a little nervous and anxious about my return home. You know, for some reason, and I spoke about this with my therapist, I was concocting this story in my head that when I got home, like I would go into a severe depression, which is so ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't want to be hard on myself and say it's ridiculous, but I just feel like it is quite a silly thought. It's a valid thought, but I don't know. I just feel silly for even feeling that way. I think part of me thought that once I left the sunshine state where I was outdoors, active, having tons of time for myself and coming home to cold, rainy New Jersey where I'm going to be inside a lot more of the time, I sat there and thought, oh my gosh, like what if like when I get away from all this vitamin D, I go back into seasonal depression, like like what I was suffering with before I left. And it made me really nervous to come home. It made me honestly not want to come home. But things have been okay. Things were okay when I got home. I didn't fall into this crazy depression that I had convinced myself was going to happen, right? It was really nice to be home. I saw my two cats. 
We cleaned up the house and we were finally in our own space again. And that just was a super comforting feeling. So, you know, I hope if that gives you any insight, it just shows you that sometimes in our brain, we convince ourselves that something's going to be way worse than it actually is going to be. And the outcome could be quite more pleasant than what we ever imagined. And so that's what happened. I was able to finally take down all of my Christmas decorations. I forget if I mentioned this to you guys, but when we left for Florida, it was Christmas time. You know, it was literally the day after Christmas. And so we got home and everything was still up, like Christmas tree ornaments, outside lights, blow up Santa, who got buried in snow, by the way, that that's a whole another story. Um, but we had so much to clean up and it just felt like I did like a time warp like back a month ago. And I'm like, wait, did Christmas happen? Like, why are we back to all these like candy canes, Santa Clauses and snowmen? <laughs> so we had a lot of clean to do, but it felt good. Like, I feel like sometimes when you get home from vacation, I think I talked about this in the vacation blues episode, but it's like, it's good to gain control of your environment again, you know, unpack, declutter, like feel in control again. And that's what we did. And that was really nice. And so I went into this week with a good attitude. And I also got back into coaching with F45, which I really did miss. Like, I love my clients there. I love pushing them to get that extra set in, lift heavier, go harder, and like just help people achieve their goals. And I missed my clients. My clients missed me. It was so great to catch up with them and just cheer everybody on and just be back in that gym environment. So everything was going so good this week, you know? And I was feeling great. I was feeling great about the journey again. And then unfortunately, this week, my dad ended up in the hospital. And I don't want to go into too much detail about this because, you know, it's I want to respect his privacy and my family. But, you know, it's scary. And luckily, he's home now and he's fine. And we know the next steps of, you know, how to figure out how to handle all this. But um, it was very scary. And for any of you, I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is, really. Like whenever a loved one has to go to the hospital, it's just it's terrifying. And a lot of times you don't get answers, right? There's so many tests, so many people, and so many things happening. It's very overwhelming. And it was extremely stressful and created anxiety, I think, for me and a lot of my family members because you just want your people to be okay, you know? You just want everything to be all right. And so that kind of stopped my motivation for a lot of things, And I just was so focused on like, what are, you know, what do I need to do? How can I help out? Like, like, what is there for me to do in this situation? And so I took a little step back and and had to be there with my family this week. And, you know, I'm so happy that my dad is okay, but it was scary. And it did, you know, make me feel like very like anxious because like I said, you just don't want anything to happen to your people. Um, so that was rough. And uh, for anybody out there, you know, if you're struggling with this, I do have to say something that is very comforting is prayer. And just if you can, like, obviously, I wasn't able to go to the hospital with COVID and all of this craziness in the world. But it's great to just call the person that you love and say, say I love you and check in on them, you know. And it kind of makes you realize that you should probably check in some more. <laughs> but I think prayer is super powerful. Um, it gives you hope. You know, it feels like you have some control of the situation in some ways, you know. But um, yeah, so that's really all I have to say on that. But I just want to bring up that like, 
it started off as a great week and then life threw a curveball into me and my family's life. And so, so that happened. Um, but after that, I was feeling a little, you know, anxious and just, um, feeling like some of those fears coming back up. And this doctor actually reached out to me randomly on Instagram he had saw my page and he reached out to me actually when I was in Florida. It wasn't even this week, but he reached out to me. He said, you know, like I see your page is all about like mental health awareness and anxiety. And I just like love what you're doing and your podcast. I was curious if you've ever tried acupuncture before. And I was like, no, I, I never have. I mean, I've always wanted to because I have heard that it has had great effects on people. So I was like, yeah. Sure. Um, I've, I've never, I mean, I've never tried it before, but I would love to. He said, why don't you come in, you know, on the house? Like, I really like what you're doing. And I think that this could be something that could really help you. And it was just so coincidental that it was the day after all this stuff happened with my dad. And I was feeling a bit anxious and I needed to go and relieve this somehow. Like my normal practices were helping me, but it was just good timing to try some new type of self-love and self-care. So I went there and I was really scared, you guys. Like I have to be honest with you. Something that has been coming up for me in my therapy sessions has been this new anxiety I've had about pain lately. Like sometimes I'll just get so anxious about something that it makes me not even want to do it. Like getting blood work done, for example, like having to get a needle, you know, that terrifies me. Like I'm, I'm envisioning that's going to hurt so bad. Or if I were to die, like I, I worry about how I'm going to die and like what the pain will be. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just this new fear I have. I worry about, you know, when I get pregnant one day and if I'm going to get an epidural or not, what that will, that pain will be, you know? And I don't know why I'm thinking about these things, but it's just something that's been creeping up in my anxious mind and taking over. So you can imagine that I was pretty anxious going to acupuncture where they put tiny little needles. I'm saying this wrong because it's not needles, but they, <laughs> they put these tiny little needles all in your face and your ears and all this stuff. And I said to the guy, I said, I have to be honest with you. I'm pretty anxious right now. Like needles and pain really scare me. But he walked me through it, explained it to me, helped calm me down. He actually talked to me a lot about the different things that acupuncture does. And um, when I laid down and we started to like, you know, put these, I don't know what they're called, not needles, but whatever, into my face, it really didn't even hurt. <laughs> like I envisioned it to be this ouch, like pinch, but I really hardly even felt it. Maybe I was thinking it was going to feel like when I got my ears pierced, but <laughs> it was not nearly that bad. They put one in the center of my forehead and then two in each of my ears. And I laid there for about 30 minutes with the heat lamp on me with this radio playing with like frogs and water rushing. Like it was like nature music playing in the background. And I just meditated. When it first started, I could not get out of my own head. Even though I am somebody who loves to meditate and it's part of my daily routine, I had a really hard time like getting into it. Like I was thinking about so many different things, all these anxious thoughts playing in my head of everything that was going on. And then I just tapped into my breathing and I really tried to focus just like I do in meditation. And it was very interesting. Like I felt like a rush of pressure go to the center of my forehead where one of the needles was. And then all of a sudden it like went away. And then as I was laying there, I started to feel my body get very light and it 
almost felt like I was floating. Like my hands, even though they were laying on me and felt heavy at the start, felt like they were floating. Sure enough, they were still on my legs, but like (laughs) I felt like my hands were like floating in the air and it was a really cool feeling. And I think what I liked most about it, and I don't think I had this crazy experience that other people have had with acupuncture, but what I liked was that it forced me to stop and slow down. I didn't have my phone, couldn't have my watch on me. Like that was something he was like, you know, he, he didn't make me not have any of those things, but he was very clear and like, this is time for you. Don't be distracted by technology or other things. Like it's really a time for you to release what is going on um, inside of you right now. And so it forced me to take a step back, slow down and just be there, be present, give in to this, I don't want to say pain, but this like uncomfortable situation. And it is something that I think I might start doing, like introducing as a self-love practice, like monthly maybe, or I don't know, like how often I'll go, but I really, really did enjoy it. And he's actually going to come on as a guest this season because there is so much about acupuncture that I didn't know. And it is an option for people to use a all natural holistic solution instead of having to go to medication for several things. I mean, he was talking to me not just about mental health issues, but for people who have fertility issues, um, back pain, tons of stuff. So we're going to talk about that. But that was a really cool experience this week. All right. I'm going to leave you with one funny story. This isn't really, I don't even know if you'll find, you guys will find it funny, but I can't stop laughing about it um, before we head into today's awesome interview. So I got drunk last night and I, <laughs> cause I've just been like, and I know I shouldn't, tur- you shouldn't turn to alcohol in these situations, but I just wanted to chill. You know what I mean? So anyway, I didn't feel like cooking. I'm drinking and I decide to DoorDash some Chinese food. This was just not a good week with diet at all. I exercise and everything else, but diet, whoo, not good. So anyway, I (laughs) order Chinese food and I get the notification from DoorDash that it's been dropped off at my house. All of a sudden I look at my phone. I delivered this to my friend's house. Who's like 10 minutes away from me. Like I, (laughs) so I had to call her and her boyfriend and tell them that Chinese food was delivered. And I asked them, it's like, if you guys want to have it, you can, but I just, I'm sorry, but there's Chinese food at your house right now. I can't believe I freaking did that. So that was funny. And now I have Chinese food for lunch today. But you know what? That is not important. What's important is learning how you can be making better choices in your life for the theme of season two choices. So today's interviews with Christina Hollinger, and she is talking all about feng shui, the ways we can set intentions and manifest our homes. And I'm telling you, after listening to this episode again, I think this weekend I'm going to do some house projects because she really inspired me to take control of my space again and, you know, setting clear intentions because that's something I didn't do when we first got our house. So I'm super excited to take the lessons that I learned from this interview with Christina, and I hope that you all enjoy it as well. So here it is. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus, and with me today, I have our very first guest of season two of our show, and I am so beyond excited to have this conversation with her. Her name is Christina Hollinger, and she is the feng shui expert. You may have seen her on an episode of Windy City Rehab on HGTV, where she was sharing her specialties to create a much more positive and welcoming environment. Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Hey, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Of course. I am so excited to have this conversation because number one, this is something that I really want to know a lot about, but also I, d- I didn't even tell you this part yet. <laughs> I asked on my Instagram page for questions for you specifically. And I got six really good questions, which I feel like is a lot within like an hour before recording. So I was like, whoa, people have a lot of questions about feng shui. Awesome. That's perfect. I love it. I love to talk anything feng shui. So here we go. (laughs) Okay. So I, I totally, I have to be honest with you. Like I know nothing about feng shui. Like when I think of feng shui, the only thing I think of is like calming pillows on the floor, low table. Like, I don't know why these are things that come to my head. I think it's just like stereotypical thoughts people have about feng shui. So what is it exactly? That's so interesting because I've honestly never really talked to anyone about like the stereotypical feng shui, because when I discovered feng shui for me personally, it was about 10 years ago. I lived in the South loop of Chicago with my husband. And at the time I really just had this desire to update our, our Chicago South loop apartment. Like I wanted it to look more welcoming and feel better. And also I had heard of this thing called feng shui and I knew it had to do with energy and like making it feel really good in the space. And what I learned very quickly through Google <laughs> is that you can work with the tool called the Bagua map. And essentially what that means is that there are nine areas of your home that correlate with nine different areas of life. So that's what got me really hooked. So like you have a wealth area in your home and a relationship area of your home and a, you know, fame and reputation career. So knowing that was a game changer for me, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. I also learned that when you are new to feng shui, you should start with your front door as, cause that's where all the prosperity and opportunities enter. And then you should also start with your bedroom since you spend a third of your life there sleeping. And so it's like this little space where you can really manifest your dreams and desires really easily there. And there's a lot of like feng shui tips for the bedroom that are like super important just so that you're supported by the universe. Well, I also just want to mention to your listeners that like that was what sparked my interest. And I actually ended up manifesting some amazing things within that first year. My husband got an unexpected promotion. We ended up buying our first house with grace and ease, and we even had our first baby. And so that's when I knew I'm also a teacher. That's when I knew that there was something to this and I wanted to teach other people about it. And that was what got me inspired to get certified at the Feng Shui School of Chicago. And to be honest, Like I got certified so I could teach, but once I started learning more about feng shui, I realized that there was so much more to it. So I hope that answers in a nutshell, like what feng shui is and just it's, it's magic. That's what it is. No, it totally, totally does. Like it's so much more than I even realized. And I would love to go through those nine pillars. Like you were saying, tell people or start all that stuff because as I mentioned to you earlier, you know, this season is all about choices and all of my guests are coming on to either share like choices in their life that brought them somewhere new or choices we can be making that could better serve us. And so the choices in our home and our environment of like what we're doing and how it could benefit us, like it did clearly for you is something that I can't wait to introduce into my life for 2022, because now I'm going off on tangent. I am like ready for a move. Like I'm 
ready to get out of Jersey. I've been living in Florida for a while. So I know that my New Jersey home or my new home, I need to make a change in. And so I'm ready to make these changes like you're saying, so I could have a really, really good 2022. So let's start with, with the front door. Like that's where you said to begin, right? Mm-hmm. And I love it. So by the way, like we go to ocean city, New Jersey, quite a bit, almost every summer, my hot. So I'm here, we live in the Chicago area, but my husband's from Philly. And so he goes, we go to the Jersey shore quite a bit. Are you like near there at all when you're in central Jersey, like Monmouth okay. County, long branch? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have East coast connections. Just wanted to mention. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I just also want to say like, I'm also, I consider myself a spirit junkie and I literally took Gabby Bernstein's spirit junkie masterclass. And so I'm, I'm big into, I lean into manifesting with feng shui. Like to me, I consider feng shui a quote unquote new manifesting method because it's not necessarily new. It's been around for thousands of years, but to some of your listeners, it's a new to you method, right? And it was a new to me method 10 years ago. So to me, I'm a Libra. I love beautiful surroundings. I have fun decorating. I've collaborated with interior designers to make a space that looks really good and feels really good. But I also love the magical manifesting aspect of feng shui. And to to your point about wanting to move or maybe you, whatever it is you desire, the biggest thing is like feng shui, your home, the space that you're living in currently, and really make set your intentions in the space where you are and it will get you to where you want to be. And sometimes doors are going to open for you that you didn't even realize existed or you didn't even know that you wanted open. And that's the surprising magical aspect of feng shui and just manifesting in general. I, I love this so much because number one, manifestation is huge for me. Like I introduced last year affirmations and everyday manifesting what I want from the universe, what I want in my life. And it was like the craziest year of my life. So I can only imagine if I did this with my environment. And you're also making me think about something as you're talking about like your current environment is like, you can't just run from it, right? You can take what you have, make these changes and then see what's being brought to you from it. Instead of just like jumping to the next thing, like working with, with what's in your life now. So, so I really do, do appreciate that. Um, so, so, so front let's door. Start. Do you want me to go there? Yes. Yeah. The front door. <laughs> I wasn't Which trying to dodge sucks. your question, but I just got really excited about manifesting. No, no. <laughs> and I'm so happy you did that. And my front door, I know it sucks. So like, I'm ready for this. Like I, <laughs> it needs work. <laughs> so literally when we think about your house and in feng shui, it's literally, you kind of look at your house as like this living, breathing thing. And there's actually parts of the house that represent different parts of your body. And the mouth of chi is the front door. It's like the mouth of your home. So if you almost imagine every time you open your front door, it's like you're breathing in fresh air and fresh energy. That's going to go and flow into the rest of your house and nourish the rest of your home with fresh energy, new opportunities, money, abundance, and flow. So when I do a feng shui consultation, I'll literally ask, we always start at the front door. And my first question to clients is, do you use your front door? Because so many people maybe use their garage door if they have a garage entrance. Um, And this, if you live in an apartment or condo, it's, you're probably using your door and this is, you can even start at your door. That's fine too. Just want to side note, sidebar, this still works for you no matter where you're living. 
Um, but the goal is if you're, if you're a listener and you don't use your front door, the goal is to open it at least once a day with your intention of like letting in that fresh air and just trying to get those opportunities going. Um, a few things that you really want to do. Some people have this cliche that you need to paint your front door red because that's good feng shui. Red and feng shui is a good luck color and it's an activating color. It's a power color. It brings confidence. It brings opportunities. So you know what? A red front door is this beautiful traditional door color, but you can definitely spruce it up with all different colors um, you can look at which bat, which gua you're in and paint the door that color to activate that area of life. For example, this kind of leads into the bit. And let me backtrack. You want to have a colorful front door. And even if the front door is like a black color, um, we used to have a black front door. I love that color. I think it's beautiful, but add like a colorful wreath or something on there because the goal is you want the energy to flow into your life and flow to your home. So it's almost mm. like this, like you're waving your arms, like, Hey, my house is here. Come and find me like opportunities, helpful people, whatever it is you're trying to draw in. Right. So you want bright colors, bright flowers, a wreath. Um, you want your address to be clearly labeled the address numbers or an address plaque near your front door and a metal wind chime to circulate the positive energy. Before I go on to any bagua or guas, do you have any questions about that? <laughs> well, I, I love this. I actually, I have to tell you like a quick story. So me and my boyfriend moved into our house, um, a little over a year ago and the front of the house, like it has, um, blue shutters and it's pretty much white, but the door is white. And I said from the beginning, I want to paint this door blue. Cause like the white was just meshing with the siding and it didn't look good. So one time me and my boyfriend were driving and I'm a very dramatic person. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And he was like, what, what he thought there was like a deer or something in the road. And I was like, that house had the blue door. It has the blue door. So <laughs> I had to say that because I've been wanting to paint my door blue. Um, but I just haven't gotten around to it. And so it was interesting what you were saying about the color red. Is there somewhere where people can find what these, these colors, I had no idea about these meanings of the colors and everything. Oh, that's a good question. I'll write a blog about it for you. I don't Perfect. know where you can find all the, well, actually I probably do kind of have a blog about it because so first of all, I didn't mention this, but if you go to christinahollinger.com, Christina with a K, you can get an instant free download right now of the Bagwell map. And I'm going to go into that a little bit right now. And then that will kind of give you a visual. Um, essentially I kind of mentioned the bag map. It's a nine square grid. Think of like a tic-tac-toe grid, nine square grid that divides your home into nine different areas of life. And each area is going to be the most activated by three things. There's three things you can do. Cause okay, well there's five feng shui elements, and then there's three ways to represent each element. You could represent an element through shape which is the most powerful way to represent an element. So that's something to note, shape, color, and then the actual element itself. So as far as like the color meanings, when you look at the bag map, you could look and think, oh, in the front of your home and the center, the front center area, that's your career area, that's going to be enhanced by the water element. The water element is activated by wavy odd shapes, and then as far as color goes, we're looking at blue, deep blue, or black. 
to activate the career area. And then of course, actual water elements itself, like a picture of water, a mirror represents water or like a water fountain, but Mm -hmm. those let's not get get into water fountains today because that's a whole other thing. But does that kind of make sense? So like each area is going to have like different colors that are going to be enhancing for it. Right. Right. No, no. I'm glad that I'm glad you said that and clarified that because I'm sitting here thinking like, I have to know the exact color, but it sounds more like when you go through those nine pillars and the shapes and everything, then you find it. And maybe it it comes through with that. And also I liked before how you mentioned that, um, this is not just for like houses. If you have an apartment or condo, cause I did get a lot of questions from people about apartments and condos. So for those people, it would be the picture, like you said, the wreath, the wind chime or whatever it is that they could not when they probably wouldn't hang a wind chime from their front door, but, but you know what I mean? Like something, the element, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and, and in that element has, has the color with it as well. I, I hope I'm following along with this correctly. Yeah, you are. And I hope, yeah, I want to also mention like a really important thing for a front door that I almost forgot is to have a front door mat, like a welcome mat. And you, the thing about that is it welcomes opportunities and helpful people to your doorstep. But if you have a welcome mat that's wider than the door, you'll actually get more opportunities than you can even handle. It'll be like too much, right? So you want it to just be like the width of your door, right? And also monograms, they're still pretty popular. I've had a monogram doormat before. And then I learned that you're not supposed to have those because you don't want people walking in your name. (laughs) So you don't want a monogram doormat or one with your name on it. Um, So if you're in an apartment or condo, sometimes they let you put doormats out. So I wanted to mention that. Um, otherwise, I mean, I have worked with people like they put like a wreath on their door and things if their apartment or condo allows that too. So I think that's like just a nice way to like bring the energy to your, to your space. Yeah, no, I love that. And I definitely have to work on mine because I only have wreaths for the holidays. And then otherwise my door is completely blank. Uh, the doormat, I don't even know what it says because it's so worn down, which probably mm-hmm. has some sort of meaning right there. Um, so definitely need some sprucing up and this is giving me a, a ton of ideas. So, and That's I'm fun. so sorry, I'm going to mess up every word. What is the guava? I keep wanting to say guava. What, what is it? <laughs> I don't know uh, why. G- no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's actually kind of funny when I was really kind of in my early phases of feng shui. I was obsessed right away. I loved decorating using the bagel map and, you know, it just, especially like with shape, like, so I just want to let everyone know, like when you look at the bagel map, like you don't have to like color code your house. So like one room is blue for career and then your fame reputation, you paint the walls red. Like it's not super literal like that. Like you can get really creative and your intention is everything. So like, however, if like, you're like, Oh, this candle is representing fire for my fame and reputation. And every time I light this candle, it's going to improve how I'm seen and viewed by the world. Like it's all about your intention and how you are channeling that intention. So just don't feel like you have to go paint all the walls and all that. Like you don't, but what I was going to share is when I was really new with feng shui, um, I remember I recorded a, a video during 
like after school, I was in my classroom and I recorded a video about the Bagua and how you could feng shui your classroom. Cause I was a sixth grade teacher at the time. And, um, I like misspelled Bagua map and I'm like, and like that YouTube video actually got like thousands and thousands of tens of thousands of views. And I took it down. Cause I was like, I can't believe I misspelled that. That's so <laughs> embarrassing. Right. So anyway, it takes time to learn all this, but it's progress, not perfection. Right. So your question to your question, the gua, there's nine guas. And so um, I think it's in Chinese. I think it's ba gua, ba means nine. So there's nine. And I use the word gua interchangeably with like nine areas. So there's nine different areas of the bagua map and nine different areas of your home. Now, is this because I was watching your episode of Windy City Rehab where you went over this and was this the, the, um, paper you took out that had the different triangles and you were going through it. Okay. I remember seeing this. Okay. Yeah. There were the, the, it was like a rectangular grid and it, you might know it's the try. Like I had, the, I have a shape. It's actually in my book, which I have right here. It's called teaching from the heart with feng shui inspired living for teachers, parents, and kids. So even though <gasps> I, I wrote that. this book as a teacher and a parent, um, and there's like, there are four sections of my book and one section is especially for teachers and how to feng shui their classroom. But literally this book has like everything that I know about feng shui in it. It's like great for beginners. It's great for anyone. So the bagel map that I was showing Alice and Victoria, um, on Windy City Rehab was the color bagel map from my book. And yeah, we were just kind of going over it during a traditional space clearing. You set your intention for what it is that you wish to attract into your life. And so I just was sharing with her, like, look, like we're going to set an altar with all your intentions using these crystals. So if you like put a crystal in the upper left-hand area of the altar, that's going to be your wealth area. So you want to maybe put some, something there with some intention for like what you want to attract there. And it was just, you know, I was kind of going through that. So she could be really specific about her intentions, about what she wants to attract, you know? Yeah. Release. I really, really enjoyed that. And I I'm sorry. I feel like I keep derailing the conversation, other things, but it was so cool. Like she, her color was mainly purple. And that episode was really to help her, um, like get out the negative energy of her breakup and introduce positive energy and have it be, you know, a better environment. But she had to remove a lot of stuff that was sitting there, but purple was her color. And I remember that. Yes. That's the purple amethyst. I had a bunch of purple amethyst with me that day. And that can represent wealth and abundance. So she was, it was kind of funny. Cause she goes, I'm just going to, she goes, I don't know. She was showing me all these crystals and I just kept taking all the money rocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that to be, to be, um, specific, you know, that was the last property that her and her ex-business partner owned together. So season one, her and her, Donovan, did like 14 properties in season one. And I watched every single episode, loved the show. I was so excited. She brought Chicago on the map, on the HGTV map, right? And then season, so after season one, she was doing a lot of local events in Chicago. And that's essentially how I met her. And I knew, well, she knew that she wanted me to do a space clearing, but we weren't sure how it was all going to play out. She only had five properties in season two. So going from 14 to five, but the five properties that she did in season two had, 
showed how everything unfolded between her and her business partner. And the fifth episode was the episode that I was on. It was the very last property that her and Donovan owned together. So it was super important to just really cut the cord, you know, Mm -hmm. start new, start fresh. And the thing about this property is it was three units. So it was all about, you know, an investment property too. Like it was going to be a big one. She wanted to get units rented out so that it would be appealing to a buyer. So we did do the space clearing. Funny enough, interesting enough, the first unit that was rented was the unit where we had the altar and did like the space clearing at the top floor. And um, yeah, when we were doing the space clearing, another funny enough thing, um, a candle, do you remember in the episode, a candle kept going kept out, going out yeah. in the relationship area of her property. And I was like, wow, that is so interesting because relationship can also represent your business partnerships, you know? So that was really interesting. So I think we were clearing a lot of stuff, but the first property to get rented was the one where we had started with the altar and um, yeah, the property is sold. And so that's good too. So I think we brought in the good vibes, got rid of the bad ones. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, for sure. And I, I really, really enjoyed watching it. And I have, I have so many questions about that, but I get, so you showed her the nine Baguas? Am I saying that right? The nine guas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I but really bag will, by the end it's of fine. the episode. <laughs> it's all good. By like, the end of the episode, I will get this. Just the nine, nine areas. That's nine good. areas. There we go. Um, and so so she was really focused on maybe uh one area, it sounds like, but so the nine, do you try and incorporate all throughout the house? Is that for it? For sure. Yes. Okay. So here, maybe Shannon, what we can do is for your listeners to help you just kind of get like a big picture idea of how to use the bagwa map. And then that could kind of help. And I swear, yes. like if you, if you pause this podcast and, you know, get the bagwa map so you could just see it and visualize it, like it'll be really easy to, to kind of understand. And then I also send like three short videos to help you unfold and like unpack this. Cause I, have a three-step method to apply the bag map. But the first step is just get the bag map and locate, <laughs> you know, which rooms correlate to certain areas of life. That's the very first step. So it's all based on the front door. I practice and I teach BTB school feng shui. It was brought to the United States in the 1980s by Professor Lin Yun, and it's pretty user-friendly. Let's just say it's like a contemporary feng shui. So you always are basing everything on your front door. So imagine that you're standing at your front door and the far back left area of your home is the wealth area. And then the far back right area of your home is the relationship area. Those are considered the power positions. And so that kind of helps you If you can understand where your wealth and your relationship areas are, it's going to kind of help orient you for the rest of the time. And then your front door, if you're, there's only three areas that you're going to enter in. There are always exceptions, but these are the three areas that you'll probably be entering in. If your front door is in the front left area of your home, then you're entering in the wisdom and knowledge space. If your front door is in the center front of the house, you're in the career Or if your front door is in the right front area of the house, you're in the helpful people travel space. Hmm. Okay. So I'm trying to think of my house right now. Yes, this is super helpful. So (laughs) I think if you have 
like a condo or apartment, it's almost easier because you're one level, you walk in, you could see the back left corner, back right, or like you were just saying, I have a three level home. And so I'm trying to think like the back left is my living room of the bottom. Then the back right is my dining room kitchen. Perfect. I would like to say, start with your main floor for sure. Like, because, you know, this is like, I don't think it's a confusing part about feng shui, but it's maybe something to to understand about the bagel map. So the bagel map just goes on like a single floor. And then when you go upstairs, the bagel map starts at the entrance of the upstairs. So, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that one can get a little complicated because if there's stairs, if there's any rooms or anything behind the stairs, it's considered out of the bag or map. So if any of this gets a little overwhelming, what I even did when I first started feng shui, when I was a Google guru, so to speak, I just started with like, well, I'm kind of lying. I kind of tried to do it all at once, but <laughs> I did, I laid the bag or map on my bedroom and that's an easy way to start. So you can actually enter your bedroom and locate the wealth area of your bedroom and the far back left area of your bedroom. And the relationship area of your bedroom is in the far back right of your bedroom. So you can lay the bagua on a whole floor, like main floor, or like on just a room if you wanted to. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, so it goes through, um, the different areas like back left, back, right center, and then you're able to like get an idea of, of, of that room or that floor that you're in. Mm-hmm, exactly. So like for now, like I'm, I'm doing this interview from my home office in the far back left area of my home. And that's in the wealth area. So we actually just did like an update on the home office, like right before COVID. Um, so we did this with intention of, you know, bringing in the money and also just bringing in the abundance and just for reference, the second step in feng shui that at least in my method is to apply the elements, right? So the element, for example, in the wealth area, because people love talking about it, the element is the wood element. So the wood element could be represented with the shape of a vertical rectangle. When you think of like a tree growing up, um, it can also be represented in the shape Oh, no, that's the only shape. Um, the colors like of green for the wood elements. So I don't know if you can kind of see, this is actually like a gemstone green color behind me. Now you don't have to take it literal and paint your walls green, but people love this wall color. And I'm so glad we did it. It's like a feature wall. And then the rest of the walls are white just to keep it light and airy. Um, and then you can actually add like actual wood elements. So like wood furniture, um, I, I have like a, a, a rattan mirror that I'm looking at right now and has like this wood frame. That was like my intention to add that wood element. And then there's also supporting a supportive element that's like the secondary. So like the water element, it nourishes wood. So the water element's really good in this space as well. So I won't get into all the things, but if you know the elements that are good in that space and you can play around with different shapes, different colors, and always, always set your intention for what it is that you're looking to attract. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. this because I need to redo my office. When I first moved into my house, I was excited to like do a fun color in my room, in my, in my office and make it like what I want it to be. And for some reason, I think it's because it literally was like my lip color at the time. I picked this 
plum, which is like really, really pretty, but I'm not getting the vibe that I want out of my office. And I don't have enough of these wood elements or water. Like, and it's really making me think because I want to redo my office and have it be more serving, be better for like, I feel like it would, would help me with clients with, with interview, just give me a better like mindset. So these are all things now that I'm taking into consideration for that space specifically. Yeah. And there's so many people working from home now. So I have plenty of stories about home offices because my husband has been working from home for a while. But when I first started feng shui, um, we moved his desk right away and it felt awkward because essentially his desk was pushed up against the wall because we thought that if his desk was over pushed against the wall, it would make more space in the room. And his back was to the entrance of the room. That's like not good. I shouldn't even tell you guys this. Don't do that. You want your desk in the power position so that you're supported and you see opportunities coming at you or to you rather. Um, So the power position for your desk is you would um, sit with your back to a solid wall if possible. Make sure you can see the entrance of the room. It doesn't have to be, you don't want to be like directly in line with the front, like the entrance of the room, but like even if you just look to the side and you can see the entrance, that's fine. Um, the goal is that like your back isn't to the entrance because Mm. that represents people doing things behind your back or, you know, things just popping up. Like it just doesn't put your, your, um, your neurological system at ease really. So you want to just be able to see the entrance, have your back to a wall for energetic support. Um, and it's just like, it's such a simple thing, but it will give you a whole new perspective if you if you put your um, desk in the power position. And I will say he did get a new job with new benefits and all sorts of great things happened like very soon after we switched his desk. Wow. So mm-hmm. you know what else I'm thinking about too, as we're talking about this, like I think people could do the Google research or they could get your book and find out exactly how a room should be for certain, you know, pillars. So if it's wealth, if it's love, if it's, uh, I'm trying to think of other things. My, I don't, I don't even know, but like they can find those furniture pieces, the colors and the things they want in that room. But is it enough to just do those things? Or do you have to go in with like an affirmation every day or an intention? Like, I just don't want it to be where people just set up the room and think, okay, great. Now life's going to be wonderful. Like, I feel like there has to be some meaning or some work that you have to do in addition to that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think I was so successful making all these updates to my self loop apartment because I had such intention behind it. Like I updated our bedroom. I updated our wealth area at the time with such intention of what it was I was looking to attract So, and that was just from Google. So I think that that just shows that intention really is so powerful. And one thing I didn't mention to you, Shannon, is like when we did our office, like we wrote our intentions on the wall. So our home office is in the wealth area, which is activated by the number four. So I doubled that to eight because eight also represents abundance and money and, 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 you know, ever flowing abundance, infinity. So I wrote eight intentions for what it is I want to attract into my life. And I invited my husband to write, and then we painted over it. And, you know, we've actually done this in like multiple rooms, any room that we've painted in our house, we've done this for. And just the key for that is just like, write down exact, like as if it's already happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you, if you're not painting anytime soon, you can actually do this and just like write it on a piece of paper and like put it behind. Like I have a picture right here. I could like write my intentions on a piece of paper and put them behind the picture of that gua or that area. And that would be good too. And I can give you some sample intentions if you want. Yeah. I, I really, really love that because like you can simply like hide it behind a picture, just like Christina is saying, and it's a part of that room and it's in the room, but it's not like big, bold, like, I don't know, maybe you want to be personal. Maybe you want to be private. Um, what about like when you walk into the room, I'm wondering like every day, like, is it like embrace your surroundings or take a deep breath in and take in, um, the intentions that you've set? Like, like how can we continue to activate the things that you're setting in that room every time you enter it? Oh, I love this question because you know what, (laughs) this is all about, this is why I told you I'm a Gabby Bernstein spirit junkie. You told me to have quotes saved for the end. And I told (laughs) Shannon, I said, Oh, I've got quotes. Like if you, if you go on my Instagram, all you're going to see is like a lot of quotes and I have a quote for everything, but this is where, this is why I love feng shui is because you can literally do your best and let the universe take care of the rest. This is the ultimate act of surrender and trust and have faith that is all working out. So all you do is you set your intention, you design your room, clean Oh, the third step that I didn't mention. It's the most foundational, but I put it at the end because it sometimes seems like goes without saying is clean with intention, clean and declutter. You have to get rid of what's no longer working for you or no longer serving you in order to make space for what it is that you truly desire or just for newness, right? So this is foundational. And like, I, I would say cleaning is and, and decluttering. And if you're into space clearing and doing any kind of like little things like that, open your windows, burn some sage, Palo Santo, rosemary, any kind of things like that. Those are the everyday things that you can do to just keep the energy flowing and keep it fresh and keep your space fertile for new opportunities, fertile soil, fertile ground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's to me, it's like, no, like you can design your space and it's going to do the work for you. And that's the best part. Like you get to release it, let it go, let go of the outcome, release resistance and trust that it's all getting taken care of and that your home is working for you and the energy is working for you now. Wow. I, I really love that. And I love cleaning with intention, um, opening the windows, letting fresh air. And I've never burned sage before, but I've heard of so many people doing it and saying like how much it's helped. And that actually brings me into a question I had for you. Cause it's something that I saw you do on Windy city rehab was like all these different, like physical movements to help, um, clear out the space. Like you were like, I think clapping in a circle at one point and literally like pushing the energy with your hands. Then another thing you were burning the sage. So are all of those, like the, the cleaning with intention, are those all examples of that? Or is that something different? Yeah, totally. That, that all kind of goes like this. The thing about the space clearing that I did with Allison, it's like, it was very traditional. It was like 22 steps. It was a thing. It was a big thing. And, but space clearing doesn't have to be a huge ritual. It could just be these daily things. So there's different ways to clear energy. Um, clapping is super easy. You always have your hands, right? So you just clap along the walls from low to high. And what that essentially does is it breaks up stagnant energy. Um, the way I kind of, 
help describe energy or as they call it in feng shui chi, it's that life force energy. It's like, if you could imagine, even just like imagine your front door, you open your front door and instead of, um, just invisible air, try to imagine like, um, a river flowing into your home. And like, that's kind of how energy moves or it's like water, right. And like moves through your home and it puddles up and pools up in corners and it, it's always moving forward. So it's always going to kind of pop, like, it's always going to come to the back of the house and just kind of sit there stagnant or in the corners. Like I said, in drawers and closets where it can't keep moving. So when you go around and clap from low to high, it just kind of breaks up the energy, even though you can't see it, you will feel it. And in some rooms, it'll be harder to clap in others based on like what kind of conversations happened in that space, or if it's even being used and what area of life is it representing for you? Are you having struggles? Like that's what gets really interesting, right? Cause you could be like, Oh my gosh, like I have been avoiding this family area for so long. And like, no wonder all my relation, my family relations are suffering right now. And it's like, this is my junk room. I'm going to clean this out because if you clean that out, you're going to make more space for better, for more healing and, and better relationships. Right. So anyway, the cleaning part is the free part. It's not always in my opinion, the fun part, but it's truly the most effective so you can clean with your hands, with the sound, you could use um, chimes, rattles, there's all sorts of things that you can do to clear that energy. But I want to just say one more thing. If you're going to start trying to do any of this kind of stuff, it is not like it's, I kind of want to say it's serious. Like you want to make sure you're like, not like eating right afterwards, like make sure you shower and like clear off the energy. Cause working with energy, even if you didn't like vacuum dust and do all of that, even if you just worked with the energy for the day, it's going to feel like you like cleaned your entire house. Like you're doing some heavy lifting. So just be mindful of that. You know, I really, really am enjoying this because these are things that I have not been implementing and I really want to. Um, but I have to ask, and I really hope that this doesn't come off like, like offensive or disrespectful at all, but like, I'm a very open spiritual person. So everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this. And I think it's going to work because I've seen the benefits of engaging with my spiritual connection, doing more mindful practices. And I know that this will help, but I know that there are people out there who think this is just bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's not like, like people who probably have the openness to a spiritual connection, but they probably hear this and think what? Like, I don't think that's true or I don't think that could work. Do you get that a lot from people just, just not believing in this or, or what would no, you say to during, that? Just during these interviews. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like it's a very popular interview question. I should get really more better about answering it. Cause I'm always like, huh? Like, well, I'm, I'm like, it's not just me asking it. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's not just you. And I mean, you have to like, you definitely have to be like, okay, like, yeah, of course there's skeptics. Of course there's going to be people who are like, aren't into the woo. And there's going to be people who are hundred percent into the woo, because I think that if you, if something resonates with you and like you identify with it as like, you know, in your heart, if something is, is true for you or not. So I'm always kind of like, uh, well, you can believe what you want. I'm certainly not going to try to sway anyone any, any differently. And I should have <laughs> the last podcast interview I was on that. They asked me, I was like, well, they're probably not listening to this interview this long if they don't believe in it, but that probably <laughs> isn't the best answer. Um, no, you're so right. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but I, here's the thing. I really would like to answer this honestly for you about my personal experience with it. 
I didn't know I was an empath and an empath for a long time. Like it wasn't when I discovered feng shui, it wasn't until I actually went through my training and certification that I was like, oh, I really like this stuff. I like the meditations that go with this. And I like the crystals and I like, I like this like feeling of like cleaning my home, like with clearing the energy, like this feels good. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I've been impacted by my environment, my entire life. Like your environment impacts how you feel. And not only that, there's three types of energy that we work with in feng shui. We work with the universal energy, which is how the planets and the moon phases and Mercury retrograde affects us. And then, so that's the universal chi. We work with environmental chi, which is how our immediate surroundings affect us, like our home office, our spaces of work, our space where we live. And then we also work with personal chi, which is our, how other people's personal energy influences ours. And I was like, that's a lot of empaths will be like, oh yeah, like I get that. Like I could be around someone who's like super negative and like feel so like not even know why I feel so grumpy after that interaction or feel so depleted or even sometimes sad and depressed. Yeah. It's because if you are an empath, you're like picking up on other people's stuff. And what I've learned through feng shui is first of all, I need to make my home a sanctuary and a sacred space that protects my energy and makes me feel really good because it's like, there's a lot of things you can't control out there, right. Out in the world. So you want your home to be the sanctuary, but not only that, take it to the next level. I've learned how to also protect. Actually, you need to look at my IG stories today. I'm sorry for anyone listening to this. You're probably not going to see my IG stories because this is (laughs) going to be done already. But I just literally talk about this on my IG stories today about how, how to protect your personal aura, your personal energy. It's something I learned in feng shui. And it's also something it was, there was a whole module on this in, in Gabby Bernstein's spirit junkie masterclass, which is how to protect your energy. So back to your question for anyone who thinks it's not real. I don't, that's fine. I don't care. But what I do know is for people who are listening right now, who are like, oh yeah, like that's me. Like I am so sensitive to other people's energy. I am so sensitive to where I live the best part about knowing that you're an empath is realizing that you can have the power to now get in the driver's seat. Mm. You can be in control of your energy. You can protect. And the way Gabby says, it's like, put a cloak on me, close my energetic field because I'm not, you know, it just, it's, it's life changing. Your energy will just, you will feel, you'll feel your own energy. You won't have to feel everyone else's crap. So Anyway, real or not to you, whoever is that skeptic who's still listening to this podcast, (laughs) I know it's real for me. So I just had to keep sharing. Yeah. You know, I think in, in the, the spirit of the theme of this season of being choices, I really think this is so important because you can be an empath or, or even just somebody who is just feeling like really anxious or stressed about the currency of the world that we're living in. And there's not much we can control, but you can control your environment. You can make choices that are going to serve you and not hurt you. And these are some, I think if you just take the time to do it, easy things that can really change your life. Now, I also have to ask because I, really would be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I would love to like, do like a virtual call with you to help me. Is that something that you offer where like people can do a virtual feng shui, like of, of their environment? Yes. And that's it. I actually did a couple virtual feng shui consultations pre COVID, which is so interesting. Cause now it's like the preferred way to go. Right. 
Um, but yeah, you can do virtual and you can also do in person. If you're, if you're in the Chicago area, I've also gone to Michigan and honestly, I'm like, I will start traveling. Like I want to go cool places. So if you live somewhere cool, <laughs> I would love to come visit you and, and do a one day feng shui thing for you. But it's pretty cool. Like I provide like basically what my services is I would lay the whole bagua map on your floor plan specifically. We would start at your front door, whether you're virtual or in person. And we would go through and I would give recommendations, recommendations and suggestions for each of those areas of life. So all nine, um, and you just really set your intention and we pick like three priority ones. Cause I really want to make sure you feel like you get results from it. You know, mm-hmm. um, other options too, are, I do have a course. It's called my nine day feng shui method where I focus on the most popular ones, right? Like I focus on, so for three days, I walk you through your relate, no, your career area. Then for three days, we focus on your wealth area. And then the last three days, we focus on your relationship. But through that, sorry, I just want to share through that. I also share, and you're going to get a glimpse of this. If you get my free feng shui one-on-one guide, you'll kind of get a little background on this and it will actually help you. And it's totally free. Um, I do talk about the opposite gua because the opposite area influences each other. So for example, when we're talking about your career space, we're also going to talk about fame and reputation because fame and reputation represents how you, you are perceived by the outside world. So if you want to accelerate in your career or you have a job interview, or you want to show up differently or more, be more visible, you want to activate the fame and reputation area and really concentrate on how you want to be seen in the world. And you can do that through the fire element. That's the only area that's represented by fire. So yeah, it's kind of fun. So that's like a nine day commitment that you would, it would, it's like all automated my nine day method. And you get an email from me every day, but I kind of walk you through that with like a little thing. So that's like another way to kind of work with me, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I, I seriously think I'm going to take you up on one. Of, I don't know which one. I'll, I'll look into both them, but I just want to make sure that I'm setting myself up and my environment up for success in all areas of my life, you know? And I don't want to like try and do it myself. I mean, I know you could, but it's like, I'd rather be like, okay, like I want to make sure I'm like really looking at this the right way and doing it in the best way it serves me. So you guys, I'm going to take Christina up on that offer. Make sure you do too. I'll be tagging her in the show notes on Instagram everywhere so that you, you won't be able to miss her. But Christina, I do want to make sure that we get to the journey or questions. Cause as I said, we did get a lot for you. <laughs> so wow, it's awesome. Yeah. People had a lot of questions about this. So I'm super, super excited and journeyers. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. If you want to be a part of the fun, just follow me on Instagram at you got this underscore the journey, and you can submit all of your questions. I announce who the upcoming guests are. So it's super easy to be involved. All right. So The first question we have, Christina, do you recommend one thing that you can do or buy that makes a big shift in your atmosphere? That's a really good question. Well, like maybe like a, I, I almost read that as like, is there a staple like item that should be in a room, like furniture piece or something? Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, one thing that's really impacted my life the most is just um, adding fresh plants. I know you can get fake plants from Ikea or something, but if you can get the real plants, real live plants, that is going to make a huge difference or flowers. But I also, I just love plants in general because it's like, 
they're just a little bit more easier to maintain. I also buy myself fresh flowers and put them in the wealth area of my kitchen every, um, every week. And it just makes me feel so abundant. So I definitely recommend buying yourself some flowers, but, um, the plants are awesome. If you put them pretty much anywhere, but the, um, in the right hand corner, like when you walk into a room, the far right hand corner, the relationship area, the plants are really great there. Cause it will help open up opportunities for, well, it'll nurture your relationships. It'll help you attract a relationship. If you want one, it'll also influence your partnerships, your business partnerships, if you want them to be influenced too. So that's like a nice space to put your plants. Um, but there's also like, when you look at the bagel map, anywhere that earth, um, plants represent earth. So earth is great for the wisdom and knowledge area. And that also reflects your relationships, but the wisdom and knowledge area is all about how self-understanding self-wisdom It's actually all about you. And you have to know yourself before you can love somebody else truly, or at least articulate to someone else how you feel. So plants are great in the wisdom and knowledge area. So like they're pretty much good all around and they're just going to, what I like to say is like, candles are a good everyday space clearer because the burn negative stagnant energy and plants and flowers are like almost like crystals. They replenish the positive energy. Ah, okay. I'm really happy you said that because I am so lazy and I do get fake plants and I need to introduce <laughs> real plants into my home and into my office. Oh, and perfect. Don't make a difference. Yes. And, and I, I like candles every single day. So I'm glad to hear that that's doing something. And I feel like you kind of just answered our next question that came through was somebody want to know how the environment can impact the way that we see ourselves. Does it change the outlook that we have on us and the way that we are motivated for the day? What an amazing question. These, I was literally blown away. Like I, you have amazing. Oh my gosh. I think it was because like, it was like the first like podcast episode I haven't done in a while. And I was asking for questions, but I was like, whoa, like these are so good, but yeah. (laughs) So absolutely. And there are, um, when I wrote my book teaching from the heart with feng shui, I was actually looking for research to back this up because I'm just like, I know your environment impacts your psychology. I know it. There's got to be some type of like research that, that proves that your environment makes a difference or has an impact. So it's actually like in the, um, it's in the second section that I actually found this research that there was a study that was done in the UK. Now it was particularly about classroom environments, but still they were able to do a study and actually get, there were findings that said, according to university of uh, Salford Manchester study, almost three quarters of the student performance variations were impacted by the classroom environment. The colors, furniture, arrangement, temperature, and lighting are all impacted, all impacted academic achievement. So I just feel like if we know there was like a 73% noticeable difference when they looked at 34 different classrooms and took data from 751 students and noticed that there was more higher achievement levels because of their environment, because of their surroundings. I mean, there's something to it. So I know that your environment affects your psychology and how you feel. And I kind of went into that with being an empath. So I don't know, maybe that was too much information, but no, no, I think that's great. Cause I, I totally think it does. It's kind of like, like you're more productive when you're in 
like a clean area instead of like a messy, like, I don't know, you got garbage overflowing and laundry everywhere. Like you're not going to feel good about like the area you're in. Um, and I feel like it definitely also affects is another question that came through was people want to know how it can affect relationships on all levels. Is feng shui just something that is for yourself or can it help improve your relationship with your spouse, your relationship in business with clients, family, et cetera. That's a really good question too. Um, I would like to share that you can set your intention for somebody. If you're a parent, you can set your intention for your children and you can make feng shui adjustments on their behalf without them knowing. And it's just like, you're just setting an intent. It's almost like a prayer or a blessing, right? So it's like, yes, you can absolutely do that. And so many of my clients do do that. Um, a lot of times, you know, if I go to like do a, a consultation, it's kind of funny to see like either the husband will be out golfing or he'll be like there, but he's just kind of like listening, but not really involved. Right. But, you know, and that's okay. Like my husband, I don't think even really, not that he didn't buy into this, but he was just kind of like, okay, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm functioning, you know, but he's experienced so many miracles and results from it. That like, if I'll be like, Hey, Andy, we're going to, you know, paint this room. It's our wealth theory. I want to write some stuff on the wall, but you want <laughs> like, go ahead and do it. But if he didn't like want to practice feng shui, I could certainly set my intention for him. And absolutely. You can set your intention for like, like speaking of plants, this, this, I learned from Amanda Gibby Peters. She's one of my favorite feng shui experts who wrote simple shui for every day. She said you could like clump like two or three plants together with your intention of like collaborating with more like-minded individuals. So like, yeah, you can like do the same thing with like also set plants with intention to like improve like work and business partnerships and relationships or go to the relationship area and set your intention to improve your relationships with your extended family members, you know? So for sure, it's like, it's such a beautiful practice and you don't have to involve anyone else to see the results. I really like that. It's, it's, it's setting the intention and giving good vibes to them and whether they could be the skeptic or they could be the believer, but you can, you can do it for them without them even knowing. And I really, really do like that. And I think it's something that we could all do for the people we care about, the clients, the coworkers, whoever it is that we want to see that for. Um, all right. So we have a question specifically about living in an apartment, condo, smaller living spaces. So the question is how to not feel cluttered and overwhelmed in small spaces. This person wrote in that they are super organized and conscious with their layout, with their furniture, but they can't help but having this like overwhelming, almost like claustrophobic feeling because it's just not enough space. It feels like. So do you have any tips for how somebody can um, overcome that struggle? First thing that came to my mind was like, you know, does she have windows? And if so, make sure you're opening the shades every day. And this is really a blanket statement for everybody. I mean, it's amazing to me. Sometimes if you go on a walk, it's amazing to see like the amount of people that maybe just keep their shades closed mm -hmm. during the day. And I think it's a really good ritual to like open the shades and let the sunshine in. Even if it's a rainy day, just let the natural light in. Cause that's a natural chi booster and elevator. Um, and I think that really for, for her question, like it sounds like she's organized. She probably has different storage bins, but if she's feeling claustrophobic, she could probably put a mirror somewhere with intention. It's going to open up the space for sure. The only thing I would say about that is make sure that the mirror is reflecting something beautiful or something that like, make sure it feels good. 
that like whatever it's reflecting, it's not reflecting more clutter or like just a bunch of storage bins. So she feels more claustrophobic, right? Like maybe if she could put the mirror somewhere so that it's reflecting like a beautiful picture, you know? So then you kind of get like this and another good thing to open up a space. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a picture that looks like you're walking into it. You know what I mean? Like a, would it be like a, like a tunnel, like down a path of like nature or no? Yeah. So like, it's like, it's not a 3d picture. It's like a, it's, you know, it's just a regular picture that goes on the wall, but like, yeah, like the artwork is like, like you're explaining like a river flowing or a nature, which be careful with water because that can do different things. So maybe I love (laughs) your idea of like a path of nature, but like anything that has this, um, yeah, it just has like the illusion that you could almost walk into it. That's going to expand the space. Right. Um, and the other thing I just want to say was like up lighting could, um, make you feel like for sure. Like if you ever have slanted ceilings, um, one of the cures is to put like plants on either side to like raise it energetically or up lighting to sort of raise the, the ceiling. So huh. that could work maybe like an up light in one of the corners or something might make her feel better. Yeah, no, those are all, all great tips. I, I had heard about the mirror before, but I love with the picture and all the other ones that you said. So hopefully that helps you guys. Um, all right. We have two more questions. So next one is somebody wants to know if feng shui could affect your immune system. So that's so interesting because like, you know, I was saying at the beginning of this interview is that you're your body, there's like different areas that represent different parts of your body. And like, for example, like, um, the walls represent your skin and the career area represents your eye. No, it's your ears, your ears. Um, so I haven't done a whole lot of Eastern medicine or connecting feng shui to like healing, but I do know like there's different things that might happen in your house that could represent different health issues or even emotions. Like if you have a leak in your home or any plumbing issues in feng shui, water represents money. So you might be having issues. Like if you have a clogged sink or something, you might be having issues with like giving and receiving. Um, or if you have a leak, you might be losing money in unexpected ways, but it also can represent emotion. So you might be like holding your emotions in if things are clogged, or you might be at over emotional if there's like a huge leak or something. So, um, to the, to your point, there's definitely some metaphorical ways that you could use feng shui with your intention. There's even a health area of your home. It's the center space of your home. So there's cures and there's all sorts of things. What I will say, um, professor would always say like in feng shui, he'd say, you always have to do the logical thing too. So I would never say like, instead of going to the doctor, you do this, like always seek out that medical professional. Um, but on top of that, you can also, you know, curate your home to support you. Hmm. Awesome. Wow. There's so mm-hmm. much, so much with feng shui. Like I, I there I, is a lot. <laughs> I might have to re-listen to this episode like several times, I swear. Cause there's, there's so many things, but it's so interesting. Like I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, all right. So final question is somebody wanted to know how often do you think we should be rearranging our space? 
I love that question because it's like, you know, if you do it too much, then you're not actually giving it the feng shui a chance to work. Right. Um, and then sometimes we have such limited space where it's like, this is how it's going to be forever and ever until I move, because like, I can't move my dining room table. It's going to always be like this. So, um, that's where space clearing and decluttering and cleaning really helps get the energy moving. If you can't move the furniture, um, Personally, I just would say like for a classroom, you know, I would say kids could move their desk every four to six weeks. I think during, if you follow the moon cycles, you know, you could like rearrange a kid's desk for your house. I mean, I would just say like, at least give it like a few weeks. If Here's the thing with feng shui. You got to have some fun with it. And at first you might not like an adjustment that you make at first, but maybe give it a couple weeks and you can always move something back. Um, I just think you want to move furniture around if you're just starting to feel really stagnant and like the space clearing is not working or you really need a new perspective in that area of life. So I don't have like a real solid answer. It's just like everything in moderation, you know? Yeah, no, I like that though. Cause it's like, if you starting to feel bored, tired, not motivated by the area you're in, that's the trigger, I guess, to rearrange it. It's not like every six months you have to do like, if the space is working for you, Hey, then (laughs) don't Mm -hmm. touch it. You know, don't fix it if it's not broke. Um, but awesome. Okay. I have to give a huge shout out to the journeyers because that was so fun. And they really gave in like such great questions. So you guys continue to participate in sending questions because they were so good in things that I didn't even think to ask Christina. So I'm super happy that we were able to have those conversations. Um, so Christina, you told us a little bit about, you know, virtual ways that people could get a consultation with you, the program that you offer. What else do you got going on? Anything that the journeyers should look out for or ways they can connect with you? Yeah. So one thing that I started this year, it has been so incredible. It is, um, a private membership that I have. And it's just like, um, it's closed right now, but it's reopening in August. I'm a teacher. So I kind of go like by like the school calendar. So it starts back up again in August. Um, but I have 70 private group members and we do have a Facebook page and I, but I like give like a masterclass every single month. And each month we're going through a different gua or area of life. And I'm giving a lot of transcendental or invisible cures, things that I don't just share on podcasts and interviews, no offense, Shannon, but (laughs) there's a lot to feng shui. Right. So I try to like, really like this, my private group is where like, I probably would say I give like the best coaching advice and it's a whole year of like really being immersed in it. Um, I also have incredible guest speakers that I've had, like David G who traveled the world with Deepak Chopra was in there. Um, he guided us through some meditation. Just have, I've just had some incredible guest speakers. Um, and now it's, it's my first year doing it and it's like, not going to be my last for sure, because it's just been such an uplifting community. And like I said, we're going to go through all the nine areas this year and, you know, that content is going to be there next year. And then next year I already have plans brewing, but I don't know if I'm ready to announce it yet, <laughs> what next year is going to look like. So if you just want to like follow me on Instagram, and then I promise you, I will keep you posted on like when that group opens. I just think that would be amazing for you to join. Um, Shannon, like you would, I think you would love it, but I know it could be overwhelming. Like if you're not like 
starting right away, but like, I promise you, like, it'll be, it'll be really good. If you start next, next year, I think it'll be perfect timing because there will be a whole archive for you to go back on. And then there'll be new stuff coming. And I'm also hoping, hoping to have my, uh, my own podcast starting soon. So Woo-hoo! yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys, I'm going to be tagging Christina in the show notes all over my Instagram page so that you can connect with her and you can see all about these programs, but also see her content because it is so informative and so helpful. We started this conversation with me thinking it was pillows on the floor and a low table. And now I'm like ready to redo my office. So I'm, I'm so thankful for this conversation today. And I would love to hear the quote that you brought for today's episode. All right. I love this quote. It's a Gabby Bernstein quote from her super attractor card deck because super attractor was actually, I picked up that book. Have you read it? No. Okay. Cause this was a book that I read like, and within seven days of getting this book, I was handing my business card to Alice and Victoria, <laughs> like for Windy City Rehab, which is so incredible. It just helps you really get in alignment. So it comes with like 11 different meditations. I love this book and I love this card deck. And my favorite quote from that card deck is when I am patient, I let the universe do for me what I cannot do for myself. I love that. I love, love, love that. Be patient. Let what's meant to come to you, come to you and release what's no longer needed. Right. (laughs) That's what I get from that. (laughs) It helps. I mean, I can be a little bit, you know, when you're manifesting, it's easy to want to control the outcome and control Mm -hmm. everything. And, and yeah, when you're in that space, it's like, that's not when the magic happens. Right. So I've had to time and again, just remind myself when I'm patient, when I'm patient, the universe will do for me what I cannot do for myself. And when you look back on your life and you look at all of the miracles and the amazing, incredible opportunities that have been given to you, or just those magic moments, they were never things that you could have designed on your own. It's always the universe taking care of you and like rearranging things to work out in a perfect optimal way that you could never design on your own. So yes, 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 yes. Guys, if you didn't get that, like go back 15 seconds and replay and replay and get that because That's so true. It's so true. The universe is working in your favor if you let it. So Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure and journeyers make sure you connect with her. Um, make sure you follow her and see all of her amazing content. I will see you guys next week for another episode of you got this, the journey, but until then always remember through every high, every low, every positive, every negative, every up, every down, whatever it may be. Always remember, you got this.